This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. Okay, today's episode started exactly how I thought it would, fired out of a cannon. Sometimes I'll wait a few seconds to hit record, but on this one, as soon as I got in the room and before uh, Mr. Matt Matthew Scaletti got in the room, I had to hit record because I knew it was going to be fantastic from second one and he didn't disappoint. This was such a fun episode. I hope you guys feel the energy because he and I both were smiling through the whole thing. We were pumped up and even at the end we both said we could just run through a wall. So keeping in mind, just want you to think of a few things. Of One is thinking of of, of Matthew's definition of greatness. Um, and I, I love it because he's, it's all about the other person. It's not him. It's seeing someone going all in, something that they truly believe in, and then get back up when they knock down. I mean, that really summarizes Matt. It's about the other person. Greatness isn't him. It's seeing greatness in other people, and that's fantastic. He talks about um, a negative vision and what does that look like and asking yourself, where will I be if I stay on the same path? And it's such a powerful question. I'm not going to keep sharing all the nuggets. You have to listen. And I'm telling you with this one, listen to all the specific things that he shares because it's all things that you can do today to step up your life and head towards greatness. So everybody, Matthew Scaletti. Many of you that follow me on social media have probably seen me say something about Highlight Coaching and Consulting. So what is that? So what we do at Highlight is we focus on teaching teens and young adults, and that's 18 to 35, valuable life skills that we wish we would have known. You know, I often ask the question, you've heard me ask it on some of these episodes of, if you could go back in time to high school and give yourself three pieces of advice, what would it be? It was actually an episode that I had not that long ago. Well, these pieces of advice is what motivated and inspired Jessica to create the ETA program to be able to pour back into teens and young adults because if we can equip them now in things that will help them make better decisions, not only through their high school years, their college years, but these are things that are going to stay with them forever. So. If you're a parent listening to this and you have a teen or young adult, or if you happen to be a teen or young adult and you're listening to this as well, is the investment that you make today will pay massive dividends in the future. So these courses aren't free. Um, These programs aren't free, but they're very, very worth it, if you ask me, because it's something that I know that I've just had to figure out. And so if I can help shorten the learning curve from... 35 to 40 years down to just a few years, how can you put a value on that? Anyways, check it out. There's a link in the bio, not the bio, in the show notes um, for highlightcoaching.com. I encourage you to go there, check it out, reach out with questions, and let's have a conversation. Thanks. Here's the episode. Record whatever you want, my friend. Well, that's what it's going to be. And I don't have an editor, so all this is going on there because I knew you're always fired out of a cannon. So I was like, I'm not missing this for nothing. 
Oh, I love it. I appreciate you saying that. Wait, I got to ask what your shirt says. Strong and it's teasing me Strong now. Strong and pretty. Oh, I love that. Let's see, you need, to get, you need to get you one. Oh, I, I love that shirt. So it's Robert Oberist. So he's one of the world's strongest men and it's his little brand. He's got a bunch of stuff, but um, I got, I had the privilege of meeting him um, December of 21. And so I got to, a buddy of mine um, was, they were doing some stuff together. And so I was the cameraman. So I got to hang out and he's a great human being. And so I had to support him. So I, I thought it was hilarious, strong and pretty. So I, a lot of times I'll wear this to my daughter's volleyball tournaments. <laughs> and so after that, they always, I get interesting looks with that. I was like, it's, it's girls. They're strong and pretty. Come on now. Oh, oh. Cause they think you're wearing it because you think you're strong and pretty is Correct. that <laughs> <laughs> you are strong and pretty can a man be called pretty i think so right i think so 100 uh, uh, that's a great shirt wait what's his name i gotta look him up robert oberst and i can send you his profile so if yeah, anybody sure. um let's see it's i would probably not to efficient to do that while we're talking here but i'm gonna do it again do the it world me. gets what they get with me i i, I seriously I just have to share that I'm so inspired by that. I was just talking to a friend, I think it was yesterday or the day before. And I think the more that I see vulnerability in friends and whoever it is, really, that just to me is the ultimate power. Like, it's just so inspiring to see that. And I I admire that about you. Well, it hasn't always been the, the case. So I just sent it to you. But that was, you know, when I started this podcast, and I know you have a podcast, and I'm surrounded by people with podcasts, I just couldn't, my anxiety wouldn't allow me to try to be perfect, because it would have just, it would have drove me nuts, because when I was planning on trying to do it, I just, I was freaking myself out, and I thought, you know what, no, I'm just going to do it, I'm going to put it there, and, um, and let it go, I think people appreciate that, they you know, somebody sent me a message and it was about what they perceive about my life and the success that I'm having because of what they see on social media. And I was like, well, I appreciate what you think. That's not what the image that I'm trying to portray. I'm trying to be real about it, but we have to be careful what we put out there. And you do that. You do a great job of putting the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly out there because that's what's going to help people. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I think like you, and maybe we overanalyze ourselves, but I I want to keep putting, I, I don't want to manufacture ugly, but there is in probably most days that I live. And I think that idea that you just said about not, not the goal of perfection is just the probably the most horrible goal you could ever have. And I think I still battle that. And I'll give you a quick example, just because it's just happened. I, I gave a more like off the cuff speech at my Toastmasters club. This was this morning. And I normally prepare, 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 and then, you know, come out and I'm fully ready. And I thought, let's just see what happens if I do this. And I was, I was in my own head and like, this is a fail free zone. Like you can't screw up. That's why you do it. And you practice in front of people that want to get better. But I was still in my head thinking, this is in front of seven people. It wasn't like a room of a hundred. And I'm thinking, 
I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like, I don't know if this is connecting. And I, I went for it anyways, but I still, I think about that. And I admire you that you don't try to be perfect because I think that's held me back in the past. Oh, I know it's held me back. And it still does. Like, I'll freak out if I just get something that I misspell something and it's in the news. Like, well, what's somebody going to think if I misspelled something? I'm like, you know what? I'm not that important that they're hanging on every single word because they probably didn't even read the email that I, that I sent them anyways. <laughs> so, but I still want to, I want to put out a good product and, but it's like, you know, am I going to stress myself out of editing it or paying someone to edit it? Um, because we don't get those opportunities every day in life. You just have to go, okay, that was an ugly moment. Let's move on. I can't edit that out and throw it on the cutting room floor. That's true. That's very, very true. And I, I like the no editor. If we end up, if I end up putting your podcast on my podcast, I have to apologize to Andy if you're watching this because he's my editor. <laughs> and I think he makes me look a lot better than I really am. But I, I like that you just put it out there. You are you. Yeah, well, and it's easy. I just upload it and there it goes. <laughs> so be careful what you say because it's not getting cut out. <laughs> that I bet you've had some, some people on. This only happened to me once on my podcast where I was interviewing somebody and they did say, like, can you just edit out this piece? And it was it was good because it, it, it was sort of a rambling mess and it was my fault for the question. But that's funny that whatever we say here, ship it, yeah. ship it. And I guess if there was something really bad, I could figure it out because again, I don't have any fancy editing equipment. I could cut it and figure it out, but pretty much you just got to be careful. <laughs> oh, good. Now I'm sweating. No, I'm yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, everybody, it's Matt Scaletti. He's the man. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to have you on and you were one of the ones and I, I apologize for not scheduling this sooner, but you were 100% one of the ones when I named the podcast Pathways to Greatness that I knew I had to have on because of, of finding you. And I think I found you through Christopher Worth, I think. I'm not sure how I connected with you, but you were doing your 5 a.m. dance parties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting there like, who is this guy with this much energy at 5 a.m.? But I love it. <laughs> That's right. I, I was thinking about the same thing, how we originally got connected, because we've never met in person, have we? We'd met at 29029. Oh, sure, 29, it was 29. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But we were connected. Before, before that. Before that, yeah. But that was yeah. in Vermont, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. And again, I'm not sure. It's like you kind of, you wonder, but then it like, does it matter? We're connected. That's all that matters. That's true. That is all that matters. That, that's 100% true. I, I'm glad whoever it was that connected us, I'm glad we are. And I'm glad that I decided to post that video of dancing like an idiot at 5 a.m. Yeah, multiple times every many day. Times. <laughs> many times, many times. I actually, okay. I, 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 have a, I took my first hip hop dance class like two weeks ago and it was a very humbling experience. Oh, and now the woman running the class follows me on Instagram. So now I'm self-conscious, like, oh, <laughs> she's going to be watching these going. I don't want to admit that I'm trying to coach this guy. <laughs> well, um, it shows that you're putting in the work when you're not in, in class. That's, that's a fair way to put it. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> it's my daily practice for, for at 5 a.m. That's right. 
<laughs> well, before we get into the nitty gritty, I like to have fun. Um, and so I play Would You Rather. Love so, it. so would you rather freeze time or go back in time? Oh, would I rather freeze time or go back in time? My gut is telling me I'm so I'm 39 years old and I feel like in the past I've had, as far as going back in time, I've had many setbacks that I've learned from. I I've never felt better. I think I'm leading into an answer of freezing time and maybe this is a selfish reason. I've just never felt better physically, mentally, emotionally than I do as I stand here in front of you today. And I think that hopefully will lead into if I have more energy and feel better than ever spiritually, I can then give more to other people. So I'm going to say freeze time because then I can just give, 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 and hopefully stay feeling like I'm 25 years old for many more years. Well, I've been 39 for the past 11 years, if that makes any difference. <laughs> Wait a minute. When was your birthday? Did I, when did you, when you, are you 50? Yeah, I just turned 50 this year, February 4th. Happy belated Thanks. birthday, 50. Yeah, you're 50 going on 30. Yeah, exactly. Tell my knees that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, since you asked, so this has been a, a, a physical challenge this year for me because I was planning on running and doing a 50 mile race for my 50th birthday. I thought, okay, this will be great. And some friends, they were going to go do a 50 mile race. Well, then I decided, well, you know what? Instead, I can't do the 50 mile race with them. I'm going to do the calendar club again, but in February. I was all planned. I had my, I was clearing my calendar, making sure I knew, get everything. And then I just developed tendonitis in my knee and uh -huh. it, it was like months. It's finally not like I haven't run in probably three months. Um, and so, but I'm, I'm walking, so I'm getting up and I'm going walking, but it's, it's been a challenge, man. Yeah. That's a, that's definite challenge. I mean, especially cause I know how big of goals you set and then to not, to not physically be able to get there. Yeah. That's, uh, I feel bad. Well, maybe we got to get, what about a bike? We got to get you a calendar club bike style. Oh, not in Orlando, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, I, I don't want to get run over. <laughs> um, but no, so we'll get into a lot more of that. So that's great. So live without music or TV? Oh, 100% live without TV. I, I basically, I do have a TV back there. I was just laughing with my sister-in-law because I don't remember the last time I turned it on. I should probably just get rid of it. I do. I love music, though. As you know, I can't. It's tough to have a 5 a.m. dance party with no music. I guess you could do it, but yeah, I'm going no TV. Give me the music. So what what are some of the things you like to listen to now? I I'm like a mood music guy. So okay. like there there are many I mean I I'm a hip hop head. Like I love rap music. So in my heyday, like when I say when I'm growing up as a kid, like even as a young adult like Eminem, 50 Cent, Jay-Z, like those three constantly and I still listen to those three especially when I'm working out but then there's like if I'm cooking or hanging out throw on some Italian music or like I love just anything motivational what's that song from the greatest showman this is me is that what it's called this is me that's a, I'm not I like sure that. I haven't I like listened that. to that soundtrack that's good, Shakira has a great song called 
try everything. I think it's called. I like motivational stuff like that. So yeah, combination. I'm all over the board. Intense <laughs> hip hop, Rocky soundtrack, Italian music, and Disney. I love it all. That's all right. That's good. So would you rather do a Spartan race or a running race? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I threw one in there because you know that I've done both of those. And now you got me really thinking. So I hear that question. I think, okay, if there's only one of those left ever, which Correct. one would I chop out? And I would have to say I would keep the Spartan just because it combines the running with the upper body stuff. So I've always been like, I, I, I get bored easily. Maybe my, my ADHD kicking in, I get, I definitely get bored. So I, I like the, I like the Spartan because it's upper body, lower body. It's like everything. Whereas running, which I love running. I mean, I just ran the Pittsburgh marathon, but it's, it's just cardio and legs. So there's no upper body to it. So I do like the Spartan because it gets, it gets everything. So I'll go Spartan race. Okay. I thought that's the way you would answer it. <laughs> I did. I did. Right. Okay. So the last one, would you rather have pizza or tacos? <laughs> As you know, being a health nut that I am, the last time I had a pizza was after my first and only Ironman. I ate an entire pizza that night and it was pretty phenomenal, but I'm going to say, I want to say tacos because I know myself enough to know if I kept eating pizza, I'd feel too guilty. So you give me a good like <laughs> fish taco. Oh, I was in Florida a few, a few months ago and I had, I like fish tacoed my way through Florida. It was amazing. So I'm going tacos. Okay, perfect. Well, everybody, this is Matt Scaletti and I know some of our networks overlap, but there's a lot of people that follow me that don't know who you are because of the the beautiful algorithm of Instagram. They may be following you and then you're just not popping up. Um, so give everyone just a good brief background of, of who you are and how you've gotten to where you are today. Oh, this is a, all right, let's see how brief I can do it. I can, I can knock it out. All right. So Always been a sports fan, basketball player growing up through high school, tried out. I went to University of Richmond, Virginia for college. I thought I was decent enough to walk on the team. Very humbling experience. I was nowhere near good enough to walk onto the team. And then I found, I think I resorted to partying, drinking way too much. And I, quite honestly, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I met a ton of people. I was party mat guy. I thought I would just stop that after college. I, I couldn't. So from end of college, fast forward six years, I'm in a professional job and I'm still drinking heavily four, five, six, seven nights a week. And I hit my rock bottom in 2011 and I, we can go any direction you want to go. But it was one of those look in the mirror moments. And I hated the person that was looking back. So I I met a mentor like a month after that, thank God. And I, he still mentors me to this day, 12 years later. So after meeting him, getting into new groups of friends, I fell in love with fitness. So I exchanged my love of partying and alcohol for fitness and healthy living. And I've been blessed to do a lot of things with my body over the last decade plus that is, uh, has made for a fun journey. Yeah. And it, it's, 
it's such a good story and I've followed you and I've seen ups and downs. I've seen challenges that you've had. I've seen you climb mountains and succeed. And the purpose of the podcast and the reason why it's called Pathways to Greatness is nobody has a linear line to success. Nobody has that lit, that that magic pill that gets them to greatness. And primarily because everybody has a different definition of greatness. And I just want to encourage people like you do just not to quit. You could hit that moment that's down your 2011. Everybody has a 2011 in them. And it's that rising from the ashes of part of your story. And so it's so fitting that you picked freeze time versus back in time, because where we want to correct a lot of those mistakes that we made, if we didn't make them and learn from them, we wouldn't be where we are today. And it's a hard question to answer because we also want to go back and tell ourselves things like, don't do that, knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's so, that's so true. And like looking back 10 years as an alcoholic, I mean, I'll make light of it in this comment, but it's like, I wish I would have gone, why couldn't you learn that in two years? Why did it take 10? And I mean, I went through, uh, I was married for five plus years, went through a divorce a couple years ago. And, and I just, I'm fascinated by this idea of flipping your story, a negative story. And clearly it was, I was a rough time for me shortly after that. Can you, can you use that as fuel, whatever the setback is, whether it's divorce, alcoholism, uh, cancer in a family member and yourself, can you use that as fuel to propel you in a better direction? And I think that that's what I've learned through the setbacks. And I don't, I don't regret any of them because of that. I mean, do I wish I had one marriage that lasted my whole life? Yes. But after that happened, now the reality is, okay, we need to shift and be present in that moment. And let's, let's roll with it and see if we can flip this story. So yeah, that's, that's been uh, the highlights of, of my journey and lowlights, I guess, too. Yeah, well, it, but it's all part of it. And, and I asked that question because everybody needs to hear. They see Matt today. They see the 2023 Matt that you want to freeze in time. High energy, always smiling, always you know moving forward. But that hasn't always been the story. And we can't capture and lock someone in and say, I want to be like Matt. All right. If you want to be like Matt, you get everything that comes with it. And that's what people don't want, but that's what we need to, you know, understand that we all have that, again, that past that we bring with, but we can change. And like you said, you exchanged something that was unhealthy with something that was healthy and it propelled you to greatness. So what's your definition of greatness? Oh, this is such a good question. I think greatness is, and I guess I, I answer it, the only answer I can give is from my own perspective, is just seeing somebody, whether it's yourself, and I, I get inspired by other people as well, going all in on something that they truly believe and stand for. And when they get punched in the face thousands of times, like we're all going to get in life, they they get back up and they continue to strive for whatever that ultimate goal is. And, and I think too, it's like greatness is the process is to me is everything. It's not like mm -hmm. 
you know, winning the trophy or whatever, like that's a great moment, but I love like greatness to me is the process of becoming great. And yeah, I just, yeah, I think greatness is, it's like, you have to, I don't even know if failure, I think Kobe Bryant said like failure is a myth. That's just an unwanted outcome, but you need to have the setbacks if you truly want to be great. And I think too, when I hear greatness, like a lot of times in my life, in those alcoholic days, if you'd have said, do you want to be great? If you'd asked me that, I'm sure I would have said, yeah, but I didn't really want it because I was taking no action to be great at anything other than hitting on girls when I was drunk. I mean, that was really all I was decent at. So yeah, I think that's a long way of answering your question, but when it's somebody's all in on their own life and what they value and they and unrelenting, I think that's greatness. Yeah. And you, you said it really, really well. And when you were talking about how you like to observe, it's like seeing someone that's so passionate about something, even if it's jelly, if it's strawberry jelly, but you talk to them and they tell you everything that, that there exists about strawberry jelly. And you're sitting there going, what? Like, okay, they really love strawberry jelly, but I'm impressed that somebody puts that much dedication and time into studying something so much that you, you can't go, well, that's pretty cool. And then you tell everybody, you're like, look, this is weird. That dude knows everything about strawberry jelly that exists. <laughs> and then everybody else is like, well, so is that strawberry jelly any good? Like, all right, let me tell you. No. <laughs> you know what? I love that story, Jeff, because I'm going to have to send this clip to my cousin for what I'm about to say. My cousin lives in Kentucky. She loves horses, obsessed with them. And I couldn't care less about horses until she got into it. And then she would tell me about different situations. I went down to visit. This is years ago. It's before COVID. And I drove home like, I think I love horses because her, she was so passionate and loved it so much. It rubbed off on me, even though I didn't, I didn't care much about horses beforehand. So I'm with you. I love that story. Yeah. And, and we'll just go with it is the fact that it's why people need to expose themselves to new things and new people, because you don't know what your next love or hobby or passion would be. I mean, who knows that could have, that having someone share their love for something so much will change their life. And you don't know who that's going to be. And you do a good job with that, with your physical fitness, with, you know, lately you've been doing your cold plunges on Instagram and you never know. Somebody might listen and hear you talk about the benefits and you're not trying to sell cold plunges or sell anything. You're just sharing your experience and what you've learned about it. And I'm sure somebody that's following you has purchased an ice bath. You're probably right. And I love that you shared that and that story because that also came from somebody that I met. Like we did this event four by four by 48 in March. And one of my, he's becoming a good friend of mine. Actually, I should connect you to him. His name's Arvin, young guy. I think he's only 23 or 24. And he had this extra cold plunge. He's like, I, I bought one a while back. For whatever reason, they shipped, I think they shipped them too. And he's like, I'll, I'll send you one if you want. And I thought it was one of those things where like, okay, haha, you'll send me one. 
day after the event, he texts me, what's your address? And I'm like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> so now it's sitting right there on my balcony and I go in every morning. But to your point, meeting new people to me, like that's one of my passions in life. Just I'm a curious person on how people live their lives. And I think we can learn something from everybody, whether it's what to do or what not to do. I think everybody has a story that fascinates me. Yeah. And I want to, I want to rewind a little bit when you were talking about your younger self, about how you didn't think that you wanted greatness. And the question that came to my mind is, do you feel like you didn't want it or didn't know how to obtain it? Oh, that's a really good question. It, it was probably, it was probably both. I, I probably did not know how to obtain it. And I also didn't, did not have any momentum going towards greatness. Like my whole momentum was going in an unhealthy, lazy direction. And I think, I mean, I really think it, it, it had to be a rock bottom moment. Like anybody could have told me, Tony Robbins could have knocked on my door and said, Hey, you should stop drinking. And I might've said, what are you talking about? Like, I'm fine. So yeah, that's a good, I probably did not know how to obtain it. And I, I had little motivation as well. So it was sort of like the perfect storm of that. That's a really good question, though. That's a good one. You're going to have me thinking. I have to journal about that one tonight. Yeah. And I ask it because I was on um, a friend's podcast a couple of years ago, uh, Tim Douglas, and it's he has the um, inspired way. And he tells the story of the buffalo and of how they turn into the storm. They go through the storm. And the cow runs away. And so he had asked me a similar question and I was honest with him. I was like, I didn't know how to go into the storm. Like, I didn't even know that was possible. I only knew when you see a storm coming, you turn and run. Yeah. That's where you go. And I, it was just kind of like born in me. Like I didn't know. And that's why I like to ask that question. So, because I do feel like many times we don't, I guess we we're too hard on ourselves and say, well, I didn't want it but did I just not know? So the follow-up question is, and because you have a lot of exposure to different people that have done great things, what is your opinion in thinking that people feel like greatness is too hard to accomplish or their idea of greatness is too grand versus just staying where they're at? You're asking what I think about from talking to other people or myself? Well, yourself, because you've talked to a lot of other people. So I feel like you you probably have a good understanding of, of people kind of staying where they're at. Yeah. Because they think it's too hard to accomplish greatness because they they think greatness means more than it does. I think that is... I mean, if I'm thinking about myself, and I, I think this is going to answer the question. Once I got to the point of like for for going after something great, which was to me, it was in getting extremely healthy and, and going that route. I thought I did like I call it a negative vision. I thought about if I stay on this path for three to five more years, which was full blown alcoholic where am I going to be? And I was convinced because I think it's the truth. I would have been in jail or dead. Chances are very high of both of those. And I thought, okay, that's not, 
that's the trend line that I'm on. I don't want to be on that trend line. This is painful to think of myself in five plus years. What are we going to do about it? And then I think the, the, then I had to change. Like there was no choice because I didn't want those outcomes. And I thought about And then I think this, this is to answer your first question, meeting my mentor, he gave me, he basically gave me the blueprint of, if you want to be healthy, here you go. And let's talk once a week. And if you eat these foods, get this much sleep and work out an hour a day, this is going to be the result. And he, and I think this is a big takeaway too, as far as greatness and maybe the stars just aligned, but he believed in me before I fully had the belief in myself. And that was, I mean, I'm forever, like I can't give him enough to thank him for that. And to have somebody who was as highly esteemed as he is and was in the speaking world and health and wellness space say to me, like, I, I have belief in you. Not only do I have belief in you, I'm going to spend time with you on the phone once a week to show you that I believe in you. It, it just, I think it opened the floodgates and it switched my momentum and then made me realize this greatness thing is possible. And now I want it. Now it's something that I, I can get behind. And then I think the momentum thing is huge too. Once the momentum started to build, I'm like, okay, I set a goal. Let's see if I can lose certain amount of weight, quit drinking. Okay. Now I'm starting to feel better, look better. What if I compete on stage in these physique competitions? That sounds like a more fun thing than drinking until three o'clock in the morning. So I think everything just, it's a it just built on top of one another. And yeah, that was a long way of answering your question, but you really no, got it was, it was exactly what I was hoping for, because what I want the audience to hear is there's process. And it just doesn't happen. That's true. Some people, it just happens. But if you really peel back the layers, there's a lot more involved than, than you think it is. And that's why these conversations are so valuable to me is because you get to learn and the audience gets to learn different processes of how they can do things differently. So the first thing that I want you to talk more about is, and I wrote it down because I really, really like about it, is the negative vision where will I be if I stay on the same path? Walk me through, a, you know, some of the, the processes that you use when you ask yourself that question and how somebody else could change their trajectory by using a question like that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that. It's so it, it was twofold for me. What I did was, and this is in 2011, like as I was progressing towards my rock bottom, I started and I didn't even know why I was doing any of this. I think I was desperate to make a change, but I just didn't realize it yet. I was journaling. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to journal every morning. I'm hung over. I'm going to journal about it and I'm going to be real. I'm going to say what I think, what I feel, what's going on. And so I did it for probably two months and then this rock bottom morning, I actually read all of the journal. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. I read all of the journal entries and I didn't even need to read all of them because they were all the same. They were all, I feel horrible. I feel unmotivated. I'm gaining weight. And it's like, oh, like this is the trend line down, 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 down. And then that morning was that negative vision of, I mean, I looked myself in, straight in the eye in the mirror and I could still, I mean, I remember like it happened an hour ago 
And it was like, do you want this in five years? Do you know where you're going to be? It's not going to be anything good. And it wasn't like, and then everything changed and life was perfect. But it was, the decision was made then. The decision was, I am not going to let alcohol ruin my life from this day moving forward. That was the decision. And I think it, it just took some looking inside of myself that I hadn't done really ever, probably ever in my life to come to that conclusion. But yeah, I think that, and as, as you know, and you're the same, we're positive people, but I, I think the negative vision, if you're on a tough trend line to, to help trigger you to start that change, I, I'm even a fan of, I was just talking to a friend about this last week. Like, I think a lot of us change when you get disgusted enough with yourself and, and you, you say, okay, it's on me. Like nobody was forcing beers down my throat. I blamed everybody that I could. They weren't forcing me. I was the one consuming. Mm-hmm. I was the one putting myself in those situations. And that same morning I realized, so that must mean I'm the one that can get myself out of the situation if I put myself in there. And that was empowering. That was like, holy crap. Like if the, I'm the driver of this whole ship. I've just driven in a bad direction for many years. So I think just coming to that realization helped me just, just it, it lit a fire under me that has not gotten out. It's only grown stronger in the last 12 years. Yeah. And what's critical that I want people to hear what you said is that you got to that point where you had to face yourself in the mirror. And then the whole time though, people also have to give themselves grace and hear stories like yours is that a lot of times I know when I've had my, my stare myself in the eye moment, I don't think I can do it. And that's the last thing that anybody needs to believe. Cause that's a complete lie that's being circ- circulated in your brain because you see people like Matt and I, you can change when you make the decision. The world is full of people who have changed for the better because they decided to change. So if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is, know that you can change when you put yourself in a position and surround yourself, like you said, because I want to go into that, with people that believe in you. And you may not think that people believe in you, but people do. This is one of my, I mean, I could, I love talking about all this, but yeah, the, the idea of who you surround yourself with, I, I actually just, this is probably like two weeks ago. I was trying to figure out how to package it. And I'm a big, like I was never in the military, but I, I love, I love speaking to veterans and meeting veterans. And I, I think you are the general of your army. You're mm-hmm. the one that decides who are you going to put yourself around? And the, what I love sharing is I think your army determines your apex. So as high as you go in life, who you surround yourself with, and I think it was Jim Rohn that originally said it, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Who is in your army and what direction are they going? Are they encouraging you? Are they supporting you? Are they real? with? Do they call you out on your BS whenever you're I'll give you a quick example of somebody in my army who just, this just happened probably a month ago at this speech competition. And I had to give like a shorter speech and then a longer speech. 
And she came up to me and this was like, it was like a higher tense scenario. Like you're in this competition. I gave the shorter speech and then I came off stage. She came up to me in front of other people and she knows what I needed to hear in that moment. But she came up to me and said, Hey Matt, like, what was that? You, you had more in the tank and you didn't, you didn't give it your all. And I, I mean, it hit me like a brick, but like she knew what to say and it, like, I want somebody like that in my army who is not afraid to tell me what I need to hear, even if it's difficult for her to say and for me to hear. Right. And and it's hard because those are the people that you don't want around you. No, <laughs> you, know you, yeah. you know you need them around you. And yes. it's the the element of trying to figure out how do you how do you get these people and keep them and not get, you know, I have a friend that called it butt hurt. Don't get butt hurt when they give you the real truth. Because, you know, that's the only way you're going to get better. If everybody's just telling you yes, and you're doing great, and you're not, well, what, what benefit is that? Yep, that's so true. And and I, I do think in this, this particular woman is an amazingly good speaker. I think she's probably the one of the best speakers I've ever seen live. So it does help for I think the person that's giving you advice if they've proven it themselves. Now whatever she says, I'm going to pay attention because she knows what she's talking about. So yeah, I think it's like the old adage if you're if you hang around nine broke people, you're going to be number 10. So don't take financial advice from somebody who's broke. I wouldn't take speech advice from somebody that's not at least a decent speaker. But yeah, I agree. Like you don't want those people around, but they're the ones that can lift you higher. So I, I think, yeah, your your army determines the apex of how high you go or as as I've seen, how low you can go. I think it's hard to hang out with people at a certain level and you are 10X that level. It That's just, to me, that doesn't last for that long of a period of time. What are some things from those people that made an impact on you that you learned of how to give advice, how to give um, criticism in a positive way? What were some things that they did that impacted you and how they served it up? That's that's a really good question because I, I still, I struggle with this when, if people ask me for advice, I, I still struggle. Like I, I'd prefer almost, somebody wants to tear down my speech and say, you should have done that. Like, I'll listen all day. I'm like, okay, that's helpful. But sometimes I struggle with the giving of the advice part for, for whatever reason, maybe more so one-on-one since I, I do a decent amount of that on, on stage speaking. I, I love the, we're taught this in Toastmasters. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of this, if this is across the, the globe, but I think they call it the, the hamburger method of giving advice where you say something good and then you give them something they can improve on and then you finish it with something good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of, of that way of doing it. Uh, I think it just softens the blow of the not, it's not even like the negative thing though. It's just something that they can work on to improve. Like I, I think it's, it's coming from such a great place of you want to see that person get better, but then I think it's it's in the tone and it's in the way that you give that advice that could really be the difference of if they listen to it or not. Right. And 
I use the example many times of John Wooden and um, I, I want to say it's not, yeah, Phil Knight. Yeah, so you you have like Nike. Well, not Nike. Um, who, who's the Bobby one that Knight. threw? Who's the one that threw the chair across the floor? Why oh, can't Bob, I think? Bobby Knight. Yeah, Bobby Knight. I knew it was a Knight. Bobby I was Knight. like, damn it. <laughs> but you have two effective coaches that deliver things completely different. I'm a John Wooden guy like that. I'm going to respond more to John Wooden, but there's been times in my life. I need that Bobby Knight smack me in the mouth because I just wasn't paying attention to what John Wooden now long-term I'm going to hang out with John Wooden forever. Um, And it's like with, with Goggins, there's times in life you need a Goggins type smack in the mouth. And some people resonate really well with that. And some people don't. And it's been surprising certain points of my, one of my big shifts in my life came from listening to can't hurt me. And I'm not a language guy like that, that turns me off. But for whatever reason, everything that he shared, I needed to hear it. I needed to hear it. I needed what he told the message that he was giving but then I, I phased out of that. And then I listened to his new book, Never Finished. And I really enjoyed that because you could see the growth, his maturity. There wasn't as much arrogance in his voice in that book than in the first one. Yep. And, you know, for me, and it sounds like that's what you, you see as well. It's the genuineness of the advice that you're either receiving or giving. And so that's what I want to challenge people to do is to think about, how you've been receiving advice that have been beneficial to you and learn from that and how to deliver guidance, advice, suggestion, criticism in some of those ways, and then see if it resonates, but always be genuine and want to uplift someone, like you said, versus tearing them down. Yeah, this is a really good discussion because I've never thought about this as in depth as we're going. I love that. And and I I can, maybe this will be helpful to your audience too. So this the speech competition that I mentioned, this is the first time in my life, like I've been blessed to give a lot of speeches. This is the first time though, I've ever really honed in on one obsessively over the course of months. So what do you have to do is you go to these different clubs and you practice, give the speech, give the speech, give the speech, and they all give feedback. And it was the first time I had to sit in probably 30 or 40 rooms and just listen to people pick apart what I'm saying. And I think the first three or four, it was like so painful. I'm like, oh, like I'm doing 17 things wrong and I think I'm doing great. But then by the fifth or sixth one, it's like, wait a minute, these these are potential gold that they're giving me to help me get better. And it's just, I, I really started seeing in a different way, like almost it's, they're, they're not even close to personal attacks. They're They're trying to help me have a better impact on the audience that I'm giving this speech to. And I almost like created some distance between myself and the speech. It was like, I am not the speech. Like they're critiquing the speech. They're not coming at Matthew Scaletti. They're trying to help me make something better so that I can deliver it in a more powerful way. So yeah, I I think about that. And then I think about me giving advice to others. And yeah, you have me really thinking about how I how I do give advice to other people. I don't know if you ever took a, I'm actually taking one next month, a Dale Carnegie course, but they talk about this exact topic of, mm. of how to, to give advice. And I, and I think 
I probably over overly hesitate with advice because I try to just speak from my experiences. And if there is something that I can give from what I've found to be true, I'm open to that. I'm very careful with like, if you ask me something about uh, Pokemon, you know, I'm not going to try to come up with an idea that I know nothing about. So I, I think I, I hesitate if somebody asks me for advice, just to make sure I know enough on that topic to then feel like I can give some value add. One thing that I hope people heard, and they they should go back a couple of minutes and listen to it again, but I'll recap, is what you said about the speech, that that the people that are giving you the criticism of the advice, they're talking about the thing in the middle, not you personally. And that's important for us to hear and to know that when you give advice, give it for the thing, not for the person. Because, and that's how I need to receive it. When you said that, it just created this picture in my mind that I needed to see. And the picture was you here, and I know people can't see this because I'm not going to put the video up, but you on one side, the audience on the other side, and the speech is right there in the middle. And that's the way you described it. And that's the thing that they're helping us with. Another visual, if people have seen it, and this is like that breakthrough moment as well, is when a, a fighter jet hits Mach and they have that big ring around them. So you just have all the, the ring of smoke or whatever it is. I know people are going to criticize me for not knowing specifically, but and then know. You, have, you have the fighter jet in front, but you have this big ring that surrounds it. Like it's coming through because it's breaking through the sound barrier, which creates a, a physical response. And the same things for us is if you can break through that that thing in the middle that people are giving you advice for it's cool on the other side oh that is so true yes and and that's that's exactly what i have learned through this whole speech competition process and what i'm hopeful that happens and i think i think it will is now whenever i get critiqued or somebody comments something about whatever it is that i can do better instead of being defensive I'm, I'm going to be thinking, wait, they're trying to give me a gift here. Let's, let's think this through and see if this could be helpful because yeah, I think a lot of times it, it's a lot of times I feel like it's harder for the person giving the advice. They're just as nervous to be give to, you know, to give you that critique as I am to be receiving it. But I think if they're coming from, and, and if you're giving the advice, you're coming from a genuine place of love and caring. I think it's hard to go wrong there. Yeah. That's so good. What are some things that you've learned through this Toastmaster experience? And by the way, he won first place. It was at a, a region competition or the state competition? Yeah, so it was like the region. So now I'm just waiting to see if I'm selected for the world championships, which is in August. So I'm sweating it out every day, but we'll see. <laughs> That's awesome. So, but with that, what are some things that you've learned in Toastmasters giving speeches that you apply to your everyday life? Oh, there's so there's so many things. And I, I love I love talking about this, by the way. And I don't work for Toastmasters or anything. I think it's the best personal growth. Get out of your comfort zone leadership organization on the planet. And it's just it can change your life. I know that because it changed mine. I think one of the things it's really helped me with for full disclosure, public speaking, I was horrible at it 
I joined Toastmasters, oddly enough, in 2011, 2012 is when I started really getting into it because I was horrible. I, I The first speech I had to give was five to seven minutes. I just told this story a few weeks ago. It was It was supposed to be five to seven minutes. First speech, mine lasted one minute and 58 seconds because I panicked. I just, I couldn't, I wasn't forming sentences. I don't know what I said. And I got to a minute and 58 and I'm freaking out. I'm sweating. And I said, thank you and sat down. <laughs> so it, it, like, it gave me a starting point though. And I wanted to get better for whatever reason. I think it was because I feared it so much. I wanted it. Like, it's like that thing that you fear, but I, I'll keep attacking until I figure this out. And I think one of the things it has taught me is if you want it bad enough, it may take time. It may take a lot of pain and a lot of failure and a lot of embarrassment. But I, I basically made a promise to myself in 2012, I will become at that point, it was like just a decent speaker. And it, it took the better half of 10 plus years to get there. I, I've competed, Jeff, you're going to laugh at this too. This competition I'm telling you about in 2023, that I'm now waiting to see if I got a chance to be on the, the biggest stage in Toastmasters. I competed six times prior to this. And there's, there's basically five levels. You have to make it out of each, you have to win each level. I never made it out of level one. So the last time I, I, I got second place in 2016, 17, 18, 19 at level one, same guy beat me all four times. And there was only two people in it. So I got last place too, every single time. But I'm like, I want to get better. I want to get better. And then you get mentors and you get people to help you grow. And I, I think if it taught me anything, it's resiliency of if you have that ultimate goal, dream, idea, whatever it is. And you're, you, like you said in the beginning, if you refuse, you take quitting off the table, eventually something good has to happen if you're putting in the work. And, and I've gotten embarrassed more times on stage than I would like to admit in many different ways. But it's like, as soon as I'd come off, I'm like, okay, I'm still alive. My heart's still beating. I still have this mission and this drive to get better. I'm going to keep getting up there. So it's definitely taught me that. I think the other thing it's taught me is it's kept me calmer in the face of adversity. Because again, this is something that I feared my whole life. So when I'm, even when I'm making a little bit of progress, overcoming the fear, it's like euphoric that I'm, I'm building upon, okay, my first speech, a minute 58, that's humiliating and horrible, but okay, we have a baseline. Let's get up there for two and a half minutes next time. And, and I think that has really been something that's helped me as well. So yeah, just resiliency, taking quitting off the table and not being afraid to keep getting up there. If it's something that you want, like the process is the fun. The process is just so fun. If it's something that you're truly passionate about, I think. Yeah. If, because if you gave up on the process, you never would have accomplished your goal. Never. Yeah, never. And I, I may, I may still not like two out of 10 people get selected of these district winners. So I, I weirdly, I don't think I should put this in the universe, Jeff, but I'm almost like weirdly, if I don't win, like if I, they don't get, if I don't get selected, I almost weirdly want to be like, how am I going to react to that? And I have a feeling it's going to be even more obsession next year because I want to get back to it. So yeah, I, I guess I just, I'm blessed that I found something that I love and I'm going to 
be tenacious about attacking it until I'm dead. Well, and, and I hope that's what people hear in what you said is you, you described the podcast better than I do is that it's that pathway. It's that constant search, the moving. And you said, you stated, but if you want it bad enough, 10 years, did everybody hear that? It wasn't like you focused in 10 weeks later, you're winning things 10 years. You were though focused on the process and just improving and a great cherry on top of the process is I won, but you weren't going to beat yourself up and didn't see the growth that you've made over 10 years because you got second. True. I got to ask, did you beat the guy or did he move? <laughs> so that's so funny. <laughs> I still know. I still know the guy. His name is Matt too. And I sent him a text as I was going through and I was like, I hope you're not competing. We're in different clubs. He actually, and I wish he would have competed. He did not compete this year. He's he's a really good speaker, but he did. We I moved. He's at the same club, but he did not. I did not get a chance to compete against him, which would have been sweet. Or maybe he would have beat me. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, and I just want again, people hear the the process that you took and that your life has been that ongoing process of constant improvement but it's putting in the work. I mean, it just, it wasn't something that was easy. You you shared that I would just want to remind everybody is you surround your people. You're the general of your army to reach the, um, to determine your apex, right? That's what you said. Yeah. Your army so, determines your apex. Yeah. Yeah. And so put yourself in places where there's really good people around you. You know, we talked about 29029 at the beginning. I mean, what a better group of people to be around. It's people that are of all walks of life, all socioeconomic um, levels. Everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different why, but everybody's focused on just climbing that mountain every day. And that's when I hear, when I think of pathways to greatness, I think of that mountain. I think of Stratton. I think of the mud, the inclines, my heart about to blow out of my chest at certain points where you have to lean on your poles how great would the world be if everybody had the same attitude as every climber on that mountain? Giving people motivation, being positive, stand, people just helping. And their whole goal is just to be positive and give water. Nobody's tearing anybody down. Nobody's pointing any fingers. And everybody just wants to see you get that silly red hat. That's all you get is a red hat. It's... Everything you just said is so perfect of a summary of that event. And I try to, I don't know if you have any plans on it, like volunteering at that event. I mean, doing it, everything about the event is, is just amazing. I try on my calendar. I was talking to Cowbell Rob. I'm sure you know who that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I told him, I'm like, I need to be at one of these events every year in some capacity, just because of what you said. It's like this you get around these people and I don't know that I've ever seen an environment like that. And just the, yeah, like you said, the stories of people that have whatever they've gone through. And, and this is like the ultimate challenge. And if they can just get up one more ascent and, and even like the people that I think you have to go up 17 times in Vermont, like the people that get up six times, but like, that's everything they had I'm just as inspired by that person. Like to me, that's greatness for what they had. And I think that event celebrates 
you versus you better than most that I've seen. And I think that's, that's just the ultimate game is like, can you beat what you thought you can do? And I get goosebumps thinking about whoever that is that does it. Cause that, that gets me fired up. Well, and you think about how good you feel. Cause I've talked to people who have done the mountain and people who have volunteered and a good friend of mine, he vol- he's done both. He said he got more out of volunteering than he did out of the mountain itself. Have, have you ever volunteered? I haven't, but I want to. Like we were going to volunteer for Canada and then just tons of stuff has happened and I just haven't been able to get back on the schedule. But I want to to experience that because I love cheering people on. Like that's my superpower. Um, and that's that's truly the gift that God gave me is being an encourager. And so I know I would get a ton out of being there and looking at somebody's face that probably looked like mine, that's flush and not sure if he's going to make it. And then just say, here, have a half a banana and some honey. Okay. And then your lights turn back on. Um, how, how did you like the difference of the two? Now, this is such an interesting conversation because I've never thought about it as this in depth. And I think what you just said you really got me thinking, Jeff, about like who I am as a person, because I think, so when I did, when I did 29029 in Utah, I've only done it. I've only been a climber one time. I was just coming off an Achilles injury that basically had me out for like over a year. And it was emotional because that was like the, I didn't think I was going to be able to do anything for who knows forever. So I was able to complete that. And it was like, okay, maybe this is the start of, I can slowly start coming back. But I think, I think I do get more joy and just euphoria and energy from in Vermont. I think this will be the third year I've done it being at the top of that mountain. And just like you said, encouraging one person at the right time who needed it, that maybe that is the reason that, you know, that they do one more ascent and then one more and like, I'm with you. I'm very similar in that encouraging aspect of it. Like, I feel like I could be encouraging people for 72 hours straight and I wouldn't be tired. Like, I just, I love that side of it. So I think I probably get a little bit more, I, maybe I feel more like myself as a volunteer than as a competitor. I, I think for me, it's, you get different things out of each role, but, but what you got me thinking about is, what does that say about me? Like, if I like the volunteer side more, that means I align with what you said. Like, I want to be the cheerleader, the encourager, maybe even more so than the competitor. And, and maybe that's why I like to speak, to share some of that stuff, to try to try to encourage others to level up their lives too. But you really got me. That's a great <laughs> takeaway for me. I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> no problem. I knew this was going to be good. <laughs> so what would you like to leave the audience with, with a key takeaway or two? Key takeaway or two, I think key takeaway is action kills fear. Hmm. I think I really think that consistent action is the cure all to almost anything. Just keep attacking relentlessly, no matter what it is. And then, and maybe you, and I think this is important too. And I'm learning this about myself it's okay to be flexible. Like if your goal is to run XYZ business and you attack full force and then you realize, wait a second, 
I'm really supposed to be doing ABC business. Like, I think it's okay like to shift and be flexible with what you're going after. If you know that that's not, it can change like what the, the target could potentially change. But I just think action in any area, like when I get around people and, and especially older people and they give you the, the story of the shoulds, I should have tried to run a marathon or I should have asked that girl out on a date. I should like, it just pains me to listen to that. And I think action, I don't think it's just true. Action would have killed all that. And maybe it's just you. What if that person would have signed up for one 5k? Like that could have been the trigger that got them to run that marathon that they now regret they never did. So I think action killing fear and consistent action is I think it cures almost anything. Fantastic. Fantastic. How can people find you? I don't want to say anything to take away from that because that's so good. <laughs> no, you're not. This is, this is good. Oh, I feel like I'm getting more out of this than you and your audience. You're getting me to look inside myself even deeper. I love it. I'm most active on Instagram with just my name at Matt Scaletti. I love interacting with people on there. Any DM I will respond to all. And I, yeah, I, about anything, health, wellness, mindset. I love it. Now, what can I do? Anything I can do to support you? Okay, here, I'm going to say it on, on camera. So that way it'll hold us both accountable. I feel like I need to be like, I just need to have you in a closer inner circle. Like you're, we vibe, like your energy, the way you're asking these questions and your energy, you, it's so obvious to me. I don't know if you see it because you're in it, like, but it's so obvious to me that you just care. Like you care about me, you care about your audience. And I think that's why you care about the questions you want to get the best out of me. So then you can give it to your audience. I just think you're a great guy and I hope we continue to get closer because uh, it's just, it's a relationship that I want to keep building upon. Sounds perfect to me. I can do that all day long because I agree. We're we're like-minded fellows. We are. We <laughs> so, are. And I want to go to a higher apex. So I need people like you in my army. <laughs> I, I need to get prettier. So maybe you can help me out with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw this and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. So um, my son, I, I posted a picture of me in middle school. And then my father-in-law pieced a picture together with me in middle school and then my son. And we look like identical and you can probably go back. It's, it's scary. <laughs> so I looked at him and I was like, Hey bud, I'm really sorry that this is what you got to look forward to. <laughs> and he was nice. He's like, well, can I at least keep my hair? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm with you on that. I need to get mine shaved again too. I no, like yours is just short. I don't have any. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a big difference, Matt. I'll be there soon. I, I, lo I love a shaved head, man. I'm I'm in. I'm in on that uh, for life, I think. Yeah, I started probably 20 years ago. And so most people have never seen me with, with hair. Because I, I was growing, I was losing it on top. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to grow my hair out. And then I looked at myself in the mirror and I just looked like the the stereotypical movie insurance or used car salesman guy. Not that there's anything wrong with either one of them. That's why I said Hollywood's 
stereotype of what one of them would look like because it was thick on the sides and really thin on the top. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out. It's gone. Just own it, right? Just own it. Yep. And God blessed us with round heads. So we're good. I know. I, I thought... I, I don't know if my, I mean, they're, they're paid on tips, but like the lady that shaves my head, she's like, you gotta, like, you have a good head to be shaved. And I'm like, I told her, I'm like, are you just saying that? Like, you want me to give you a bigger tip or you think my head is decent? You don't, you don't cut your own hair? No, I don't. Should I? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I know I should. I've been going to the same person forever and she's awesome, but maybe I should. Uh... Well, if that's helping her out then that's helping her out, but it's super simple. Oh, I mean, I'm sitting in the chair for all of four minutes. I mean, and then, yeah, I probably should just do it on my own. Yeah, she'd miss you. Maybe every other one. That's what I should do. That's definitely what I should do. Wean every yourself other. off of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love this. We have this. Seriously, you got me thinking deep down. I love this stuff. Like, this is so cool. Yep. Well, Matt, I appreciate you, everybody. I'm going to have anything, whatever he needs me to put in the show notes, I'll put them down there. Um, and it, it was great. I enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.